Thank you guys so much for that. There are storms in life, guaranteed. It says in the Bible, trials and tribulations. There's the storms we create ourselves. There's a storm Satan creates. And believe it or not, there's storms God creates. And I'm going to focus on God's storms tonight that we might experience in our lives and how to get through some of those. But first, I want to share a couple of testimonies, if that's okay. In 2011, I had the honor and the privilege, it really humbled me, that the uh, 700 Club Interactive would come out and do a five-minute story on me. I have seen lots of supernatural healings Signs and wonders in person and over the phone. And by the way, God uses Verizon if you want to pray for somebody. <laughs> Hopefully they'll send me a check to send that. Please, Verizon. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, women who had lumps or tumors or cancerous breast cells, uh, cancerous cells in their breast over the phone get supernaturally healed. And so last Friday, the Lord said, I want you to put that video back on Facebook. Like, Lord, it's 2011. I don't want to see, you know, really self-promote myself, but just put it up anyway. Somebody needs to see it. So the obedience, I put the video back up. And I get a Facebook post from a buddy of mine, a new friend of mine. He says, Lonnie, my sister just had a mammogram done, and it's not good. Can she call you? Let me go back a little bit. Here's the funny part. In Facebook, this certain particular woman kept sticking out to me. Over a few weeks, we had mutual friends, mutual connections, but I didn't know her, and I didn't know why. So going forward, my friend, gives, I said, give her my number. She calls me. It's that woman I've been seeing on Facebook, a sign and a wonder. So we prayed, and it was great. A couple days later, she texts me, hey, my husband and I would like to get together with you for dinner, get to know you more. You're new in our Stockton area. We know you're here for a season or a reason. Let's talk. So I came up for a great dinner. They're a great couple. And then we prayed some more for the situation. Next day, she had her test done. I'm going to read the results to you, but she told me. She said, PTL, which means praise the Lord. No more mammogram the second time today. Hallelujah. Yeah. She was healed. Yes. We got to celebrate what God does. Yes. We got to celebrate what God is doing. There was many people praying for her, her. It's, it's all of us together. I just got to be there at the house to pray with her again. So it was God through all of us that prayed for her. She got healed. This past Thursday, I did a meeting called The Gathering in Tracy, California with Dana and Bill Ortiz at their home. Friends of mine, Dana was on staff with us for a long time at Kingdom Training. And Joy Elizabeth, who was part of our transform school at nighttime school in the summer, got radically transformed as a person. So she's at this meeting, and apparently she's had this knee problem for a long time, to a point where it has really, in some parts of her life, she can do things she wanted to do, and it brought sadness to her heart over the years. So we prayed that night, and it went from a pain, a 10, 9, 10 being high pain, to a 1 being low pain. Yes. Yes, come on. So she sent, a, she sent out a, uh, a praise report on that. But she said, the second one, I said, Lonnie, oh, my gosh, I'm with these kids. I'm jumping around doing things I couldn't do before. Lonnie, my heart is even healed from all this. What was taken from her, the joy from the pain so long in her life, was restored back too. That's, when he heals, he heals. He restores. He restores. That's what he does. So the healing anointing is here tonight. Not because I'm here, because he's here with us. So expect a miracle. Always expect a miracle. Amen? 
So tonight, we're going to have what I call a heart-to-heart conversation. What you see in this picture is representative of me and Jesus probably about the last three months of my life. And he's talking to me about possibilities. He says, son, I want to talk to you about some possibilities that might be possible in your life. Amen? But first I want to tell you something. God is good no matter what. No, no, you understand. God is good no matter what. No, no, you ain't. Listen, God is good no matter the storm. Listen, I buried a 17-year-old son five and a half years ago from cancer who prayed for me that got healed. And I can tell you right here today, I miss my son, but there's so much peace in my heart because God is so good. Because, see, I will see my son again one day. Yeah, does it hurt the father sometimes not to be there with your son? But you got to understand something. It's a peace beyond understanding because I know my father is good no matter what I'm going through. Does it always feel good? No, but I put a foundation that God is good no matter what you're going through. you got to have that. you got to know that. Because this world is going to come at you. It's going to come hard and strong. you got to know that your father is for you and not against you. Amen? So that's the basis of this, of this talk tonight. Listen, there's something shifting in the kingdom realm right now for us as body believers. There's an invitation out there right now to come on the road less traveled. Many are called and few are chosen. There's an invitation to come to the Father in a way you never experienced and have trust without borders. Even in my current situation right now, I have to trust God without borders. What does that look like? God, no matter what's happening, you're in it and will take care of it. It's not, God, make it look this way when it's done. That's borders. Come on. I remember when my son passed away. I got the scripture from the Lord himself, your son will live and not die. Some of you know this testimony. Your son will live and not die. You know what that meant to me? He's getting healed from cancer and walking this journey with me still. So my son passed away. I'm on the home on the couch. People in school know this is an old testimony. I said, Lord, what happened? Crying, where were you? Where were you? You said my son will live and not die. He says, Lonnie, son, I kept my promise. When you first got saved and came to me, what was the first request you had for me? That your son and daughter would be saved. My sons were seven and five then when I got saved. I was 38. And after a month of being with Jesus, in my house, belonging to no church, that Holy Spirit visitation, my son and daughter said, Dad, we've seen such a change in you. Can we have Jesus also? Yeah. You guys know my testimony. I put on my Joyce Myers handbook. All I had on TV was Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, and Creflo Dollar. Didn't have a church. That was... Okay? And found all those by accident. I, I didn't know who they were. But I wrote me my Joseph Barry's little handbook. And I led my son and daughter in the prayer of salvation. He says, Son, I kept my promise. Your son's alive with me right now. He's not dead. Trust without borders. It says in Jeremiah 29 1, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
Do you ever wonder why you're here? I mean, do you, do you ever, you don't wonder why you're here? You don't care why you're here? Do y'all talk? Work with me a little bit. Come on. It's lonely up here at the top. Yeah, thank you. Do you ever wonder why you're here? I'm going to tell you why you're here. Sometimes we confuse our why with our purpose. And now, anything I say tonight is a possibility. If you disagree with me, throw it out. I won't be offended. You have every right not to agree with me. It won't make a difference. Because your journey is your journey. My journey is my journey. I'm leaving behind the great, great Oz curtain in my life right now. We're here for one reason and one reason only. Let me go a little further. Sorry about that. We're to be Christ-like on this earth. Jesus, Christ was not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed, anointed one. We're to be Christ on this earth. We're to be anointed by God on this earth. That's your first, that's your only purpose. I mean, only, that's the reason why you're here. I'm sorry, that's the reason why you're here. Is to be Christ-like on earth. That's it. That's why you're here. To be Christ-like on earth. Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. You are 100% man and woman, 100% full of the Holy Ghost. Selah, think about that. Jesus was a model of what we're to walk in on this earth. Now, your purpose can be a doctor, a teacher, a pastor, a revivalist, whatever it is, a student, but you're Christ and anointed in that purpose to bring heaven to earth. That's your purpose. See, we're on this earth for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, if you're lucky. Right? But what are you going to be doing 500 years from now? What are you going to be doing 1,000 years from now? What are you going to be doing 5,000 years from now? Do you ever think that way? God said, son, what's the possibility of 1,000 years? What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing 500 years from now? See, this 20, 30, 40, 50 years means nothing. We're talking about 500 years from now, 1,000 years from now. Right? Because you're going to be with God. I'll tell you something right now. You're not going to be around the throne 24-7, hallelujah, worship Jesus. You're going to be doing something with the king. You're going to be expanding his kingdom is ever-expanding always. You're going to have assignments in heaven in eternity that you're going to be doing with him and for him. But we focus our lives on the 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 90 years we're here. And don't think nothing about eternity that I'm saved only. It's like we get our ticket into heaven and we stop right there. Now let me live my life. Let me go back. God is working on a teaching in me. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a course I'm working on with God right now. Oh, he's working on it with me. It's called There's Identity Crisis in the Body of Christ. I want to read something he gave me. I put it on Facebook. It's a little brief thing, but that looked like in my life. <clears throat> the Lord has been dealing with me with my identity in him and not the identity I allowed my experience in this life to create in me. Read that one more time. The Lord has been dealing with me 
in my identity in him and not the identity I allow to my experience in this life to create in me. This is a very, very painful process, but it's also an awesome at the same time. The Lord spoke to my heart recently and said, son, why are you so willing to accept the straps from this table of this world when I called you to sit at my banking table and eat the best I have for you? Identity crisis. You will truly represent me in the world where you learn to receive the best I have for you. Many of us followers of Jesus are representing him in the world with the identity we receive from this world and not the identity he has for us from heaven. This is why we tend to walk in judgmental attitudes, unforgiveness of self and others, even self-serving mindsets. This is why a lot of have fallen away from the journey of his truth. God is love. We are love. Love looks like and acts different from the heaven's perspective. Listen, we are so one with God. We are so one with the Holy Spirit. Where I go, he goes. Where he is, I'm there. That's how, that's how one we are. You know, I don't even say Holy Spirit come no more. I say Holy Spirit, where are we going? <laughs> Holy Spirit come. He's a son of with you. Where you are, I am. Where you go, I'm with you. Holy Spirit come. I say, Lord, let me get out of the mind of the world, get in the mind of my, my spirit band where you live with me so I can live from that place. Think about it. Holy Spirit, come. He said, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm in you. I'm around you. I haven't gone nowhere. I mean, let's, let's think about it logically. We are that one with him. But we need that identity from heaven mindset to see from heaven to earth instead of from earth to heaven. So we're learning our true identity. You saw that slide? So, anointed. Christ meaning anointed. An army of anointed believers on this earth that believes and knows who they are, what they are, and why they're here. I'm going to share a testimony. I can't remember his name right now, so I apologize. I was sharing this earlier. Uh, this man, he's a, he, from Australia, he preaches a lot. And this is his testimony. He had a daughter, I believe, in her 20s. And she says, Dad, I, uh, I lived all my prophecies out. He said, that sounds kind of strange, right? He says, but I, was, I have to go to another country because some of my friends have fallen away. And the Lord wants to go bring them back to him. So he went to this other country. She got her friends back to the Lord, got back home, was driving back. She gets hit in a car and dies. But her, she left her father a letter saying, Dad, I'm not coming back. I'm going to heaven. I'm being poured out for the next generation. She was so one with God, she knew when her assignment was over, she had an eternity mindset, not a world mindset. That's hard to process in. Think about it. You can be so one with God, you know, you might know, you can know, it's possible he will show you when your time is to go home. His Sunday school teacher was on her deathbed, and she's an old woman right now. Now he's her pastor. Okay? And she, in the middle of a sermon, they got a message, come to the hospital, she's passing away. He says, tell her to hold on and wait. She'll wait. He finishes the sermon, goes to the hospital. They spend another 20 minutes talking. He says, isn't it time for you to go home? She says, yeah, but I just want to see you first before I go home. <laughs> Held his hand, closed her eyes, and went home. Eternity mindset versus a worldly, on the world mindset. What's the possibility of that? What are we being invited to? 
that we have not tapped into yet. I love the scripture. Genesis 1, 26 to 20, the message. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible as a fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. How many have ever studied out what is God's nature? What does God's nature look like? If we, if, we, if we reflect God's nature, should we know what that looks like? Guess what I'm doing right now? I'm starting to study on God's nature because like, I don't know. I don't know some of his attributes, but what does his nature look like? He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, produce, reproduce, fill the earth, and take charge, be responsible. Take charge and be responsible. For the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Now you can say, well, that's the Old Testament scripture. Well, what did Jesus come to do? Rewrite it again. So we can have that again and be that again. But we can't do it with an identity that comes from this world. Listen, we're citizens of heaven walking on the earth. Philippians 3.20. We are spirit beings having an earthly encounter. Think about that. We are spirit beings having an earthly encounter. Whether it's 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 90 years. Then your spirit man is back in heaven. 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, 5,000 years, whatever it is. Eternity. So we have to get this kingdom, this heavenly identity. We have identity crisis in the body of Christ. We don't know our identities. Scripture. First Peter 2, 9 through 10, the message. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of a priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. Whose work are we doing? Who, whose work are we doing? We're created to do what? Wait, wait. We're, we're created to do his work. Now, where are we created? To do his work. Okay. So what is God's work? We have to figure out what God's work is on this earth is. It can be through your profession, but it can be God's work. Be through being a student, but it can be God's work. You were created to do his work. Right? It's called the anointed life is what I call it. Living the anointed life. Listen. 2 Corinthians 5.17, new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, this is, the new is here. When you became a believer, Holy Spirit-filled believer, you became something this earth never seen before. Okay, when Lonnie was living in the world, very worldly, a sinner, a, a, a heathen, living like a heathen, the world knew me. When I became a spirit-filled believer, I became a new creation, something never seen before, never experienced before. Listen, it is my true belief you should be able to put a Christian, a Holy Spirit-filled Christian, and a non-believer together without saying a word and tell the difference by what they radiate, by what they put off. You might, they might know it's God. 
the man that knows the kingdom, they say, man, there's something different about Russ Folkler. I don't know what it is, but around him, wow, but around this person, ooh. Or just, yeah, whatever. But, oh, I'm around Domily. God, what's, what's, who are you? What's something different about you? Let me give you an example. The last job I had, there's eight of us in the office. They know I'm a pastor. They know I'm spirit-filled, and they're all not. Okay? <clears throat> now, how many of you ever got a prophecy before? How many of you ever got a prophecy? Prophesied over your life. How many of you ever got a prophecy from a new ager? Nobody? I did. How, how many would let you, a new ager, prophesy over you? I will. Because he was in me is greater than he is in the world. So I know what to receive and not receive. I don't want to say no, stop, or no, don't receive that. So let me tell you what happened. I'm at work. Guy says, Lonnie, you're amazing. Like, do you know you're amazing? Like, you're amazing. Now, check this out. A non-believer is speaking in my life. A new age is speaking in my life. Where Christians are tearing each other down. I have a new age speaking into my life. Something's twisted. Now, he says, he says this, he says this. I, I'm, I'm crying, crying, I'm going through some stuff. You guys know what I'm going through. I said, Scotty, I don't feel amazing today. He says, I need to tell you something. You need to listen to me. I believe in the force. He says, Lonnie, do you know there's light in the force? He says, Lonnie, you have a fog and a cloud over you right now, but it's being lifted. He says, Lonnie, we came to this company. I knew you were big in the force. And when that cloud lifts, you're going to see you are the light in the force, and you're going around the world to touch lives and change them. Wow. Speak over my life, New Ager. And I knew that was from God, because his spirit lives in me. Now get this. He says, by the way, I'm going to have a barbecue in a couple of weeks. Came to my house because you'd be a, you'd be a good impression of my kids. Come on, you can't pay for that. So I go to his house, go to this heathen barbecue, met some great people, and spoke into his kids' lives, spoken their destinies, because that's what he asked me to do. And that's all I did. I didn't push an agenda. I didn't lead them to the Lord. I planted seeds of encouragement and belief in future. Somebody might come do the rest. A non-believer said, come to my house because you're different. You got something that my kids need to hear. You got something you can deposit in them. I can't. His boss is Jewish, about 33. We, we traveled to Vegas together for some work. He doesn't claim his faith, his heritage. He says, Lonnie, there's something different about you. Yeah, yeah, I know you're in ministry, you're a Christian, all that stuff, but there's something different about you. I want to get to know you. I like being around you. So he kind of like, it's time to wear me down a little bit. So I talk about the supernatural, he'll just leave me alone for a little bit. He loved hearing about the supernatural. He says, we got to, get, I got to get to know you more. Okay, so I'm at this barbecue. He shows up with his wife, non-believer. Are you, Lonnie? Let's go talk. Sit down with me. I've heard great things. Who are you? We got to have you over our house. We got to get to know you. We got to get to know you. Who are you? And we talked for an hour. Very much to an hour. 
never missing Jesus once because I was being Jesus for her. I was being John 3.16. Now, have I led him to the Christ yet, the true Jesus? No. I'm supposed to get together with him, which hasn't happened yet, but I'm believing it will in God's timing. And just maybe I get a chance, just maybe I get a chance to say, well, here's Jesus. You want him to? But no agenda. But they felt and saw something different. Am I perfect? No. But what does the world know about Christians? They're all hypocrites. That's what they tell us. They're all hypocrites. Yeah, heck, we are really sometimes. But if you bring an authentic carrier of Christ with you, the Holy Ghost, and just be you with no agenda and love on people, encourage on people, bless people. Listen, Jesus came to be an encouragement. He came to influence the lost, and he didn't get influenced by them. Let me say that again. He influenced them. They didn't influence him. He knew his identity was from heaven. Sometimes us Christians get influenced by the world. I'm not talking about beating down the Bible either. There's times you can talk scripture, times you live to the Lord. Whatever he wants to do in that moment, you go with what they're allowed to have permission-wise. That's what you give. Because I tell you what, you can scare someone in the kingdom of God. You can give them all the scriptures and beat them over the head. But are they going to stay? Because you scared them in. Can you scare them right back? You go in the front door, get them out the back door. Or you give them an encounter with a real true God that loves them. Because when they really meet them, they're going to be in. Or I'll tell you this, they get touched by God, they can never deny they weren't touched by God. And what they do with that part is up to them. You can't control that process. You can't control that process. And we try. We try all the time to control that process of their salvation. You have no control over it. I have no control over it. But we try, or we think we failed if we didn't. Knowing these truths and living from these truths is a journey or a process. Remember, these are all possibilities. You have choice to embrace the possibilities or not embrace them. It has nothing to do with salvation. Listen, you can get a job tomorrow and God will bless you with to say, son, daughter, I love you. Do what you're doing. You're good. You know, great. Or you can roll with me and do great things in the world that I created you for. Have a good Christian life. Go to heaven. Or do great things on earth you've never seen happen. And if you're on this journey, you will see great things happen. You will see great things happen. You will see great things happen because you were created in greatness. You weren't creating, you weren't created to be low, you were to be high with him. I want to read a scripture to you. There are messy moments in this journey. Look at me. I have messy moments in my life. I have messy moments. I'm coming through a messy moment right now. Right? We all have messy moments. Do you see the mess? Or do you see God's progress for your life? See from heaven's perspective, not the world's. Yet, shall I trust you? And God is telling me right now, son, with all you're going through, do you trust me? You know, I said, no, help me. 
pounds. Help me. Help me trust you. Teach me to trust you. Teach me to trust you, Father. Yo, I will, yeah, I will trust you. Listen, God knows everything you've gone through. He knows you got a divorce. He knows you had an abortion. He knows you got fired. He knows you lost your house. He knows you're an abusive husband. He knows you were, you were abusive wife. He knows you got abused. He knows your father raped you. He knows, he knows, he knows all the pain you've gone through in the world. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. And he's saying, hold on, my child. I'll carry you through this. Trust without borders. Let me take you through it. See, I truly believe the identity we've been living from is the experiences we experienced as children, the jobs we've had, the setbacks, the breakthroughs, the, the, the salaries, the titles, and we have these identities we create from the world's perspective, and we're going to try to do God's work. And you can get some things done. But I truly believe we're coming to a place, if we get heaven's identity, we'll see greater things than Jesus did. But you're going to have to go through a process to let God tear down some things that we've been holding on to and believing in that was our identity and it wasn't in the first place. And that's the hardest thing as a Christian is let God go into those broken places, those things we've set up as, as, as fortresses. Well, I'm a vice president. I make $20,000 a year. Doesn't mean Dilly's quiet in heaven. You're a son of God. He has all the money in the world. And then some. See how we short-live ourselves? I, I tell you what God did to me. In this process of what I'm going through, I was cracked wide open and God came in to a place I didn't know existed. Think about that. At a, such a broken place, I didn't know existed. He had to crack me open to get in. And he found it, I found in there codependency, abandonment, and unworthiness. And guess what he's doing all three of them right now? Let me give you an example. Go to my buddy's house last Saturday. My buddy makes about $165,000, $170,000 a year. Great guy, little guy. Doesn't live in that image. He's a giver. And the next morning I have my bag, my overnight bag, my computers, computer. Well, computers, I had a couple of computers, actually books, my Bible. It's a heavy bag for overnight. Because I bring, I bring, okay, I bring extra clothes. Because you just don't know sometimes. You bring a couple of different watches, a couple of different pair of shoes. I'm metrosexual and I enjoy it. <laughs> Listen, accessorize. Watch matches the shoes. I'm telling you. That's just how, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Look, look. The Holy Ghost has been. The Holy Ghost has feminine qualities. The Holy Ghost is referred to as a female. And I got the Holy Ghost all up in me. So I love to shop when I have the money to shop. That's just working a car and I'm going to go shopping. You see me at the mall. You, I'll pay somebody to work on the car. I really don't get dirty. I get my hair cut every three weeks. Not out of, not out of, not out of false image. It's just what I like. It's what I like. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that part of my personality. That's the way I'm wired. So anyway, thank you. So the next morning, my bag is heavy. My friend said, man, I got to carry your bag. He says, you can't carry my bag. It's heavy. Brother, I got to carry your bag, man. 
So, dude, you can't carry my bag. I'm carrying your bag. I have to. So he carries it. He said, man, this bag's heavy. I said, I told you. <laughs> so he's struggling to put it in the trunk. I said, dude, I told you it's heavy. Give him a hug. Tell him I love him. I always feel goofy. I tell him I love him and hug him. <laughs> he's an engineer. But I'm breaking through that thing. I'm breaking through that. I'm breaking through that real quick with love and hugs. I'm breaking through it. He goes in the house. I start bawling like a baby. I start crying. I'm like, God, what is this? Unworthiness. You think because he makes 165000 a year, he's unworthy to serve you. He says, son, there's going to be many people I bring to serve the anointing of your life, what you're called to do. And I'm taking on unworthiness because you're worthy because I made you worthy. Because I made you worthy. You're made in worthiness. Daughter, you're made in worthiness. You are made in worthiness. Our biggest battle is unworthiness. We think we're not worthy. Think about it. Somebody gives you a gift. Oh, I can't take that. Oh, sister, that's a nice pair of shoes. Oh, well, you know. No, no. That's a nice pair of shoes. Sister, that's a nice pair of shoes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we, we, we blow away the blessing. How many times have you done that? Well, you know what? No. Receive the blessing. Because you are worthy to get the blessing. We've got to shift our minds. We've got to have a heavenly mindset. A heavenly identity. God gives us so much we say we don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, Lord. You know, I've been called pastor. I've been called prophet. I've been called teacher. I've been called evangelist. I've been called some, well, some things I can't say. I've been called a son, a prince. You know the only title I want, I want to live from? Bond servant. I just want to be a bond servant. Sons make the best servants. I know my son. Listen, Bill Johnson posted that. Sons make the best servants. What was Jesus, a son? What was he? A servant. What's the meaning of a bond servant? I take pleasure in serving my father. I choose to serve my father. You want to give me a title? Call me bond servant. I'm a son that's a bond servant to the father. We're trying to get the top. I got to be a pastor with 30,000 people. Some people call that. That's okay. You're called to it. But I just want to be a bond servant. You want to trust me with 30,000 people? Great. I still want to be a bond servant. You want to see me around the world? That's great. I still want to be a bond servant. The first time someone gave me a chick for $10,000, They know my dirty little secrets. I can't get $10,000. They give me $10,000 the next month. The next month is many, many years ago. I start start my ministry. We are worthy because he made us worthy. He made us in his image with his divine nature. And we're living from scraps on the table of this world. He said, Sundar, you've been called to the banquet table from the best I have for you. And you'll serve me from that place in this world, not the scraps of the world. The world can make nothing that God has. He has the best, the best, the best. You are hearing conversations that I'm having with God for the last three months. The possibilities, if you only believe. Listen, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. Okay, I'm going to stretch on this one. Remember, if you don't agree with it, throw it out. If it, if it struggles, with, if it wrestles with your spirit, go ahead and get a hit pointer tonight. Let, let the Holy Spirit 
break your hip. In a God storm, is it possible, is it a possibility that God is using Satan to tear down some things in your life? Oh my God. That God is using Satan to tear down some things in your life that shouldn't be there. Is it a possibility that God is allowing Satan to come in to tear down some belief systems so he can bring you the real belief systems abundantly? Graham Cook had a dream. I'm probably going to mess it up. If you know who Graham Cook is, the major prophetic voice in the world. An amazing, humble, strong man. In this dream, he's in this field, under a tree, something like that. And Jesus is walking up the meadow. Jesus is walking up with a very intense look on his face. Graham, give me back my stuff. Graham, give me back my stuff. Graham, give me back my stuff. It's mine, Graham. Give it back. It's mine, Graham. I want it now. He begins to cry, what, Lord? The healing anointing, the prophetic, what? Graham, my stuff is mine. I die for that stuff. I want my stuff, Graham, it's not yours. What, Lord, what do you want? What did I take? Hatred, anger, revenge, all that negative stuff. He said, I die for that. You haven't experienced it no more. Graham, give me back my stuff. It's not yours no more. I die so you can't have it. Let me have it back. You don't walk in anger. You don't walk in hatred. You don't walk in self denial with other stuff. You don't walk in unforgiveness. You don't walk in unbelief. I paid a price on the cross. You have to have that, Graham. Give me back my stuff. And he began to cry in this dream. The next scene is in the couch with God, with Jesus. There's a pile of stuff over here. He says, Graham, this is what I have for you to do my work in the kingdom on earth. But you got to let go of that. I can't give you this and trust you with this. Until you let go of hatred and anger and bitterness and revenge and un- unworthiness. So Graham got the next day and wrote a list of all the stuff he had. God showed him and the opposite scripture that goes with it. And prostrate with God to it went away. Went away. The man says he doesn't walk in any of that no more. He says, I'm a colander. I've been stabbing the back so many times. Bring it on. The Lord will heal me. Take my money. He'll give me more. I walk from love. I'm not talking about being a doormat where somebody's beating you up and choking you. That's not it at all. We walk in this kind of anointing. Wow. He said to us, give me my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. I know you're a raped daughter. I know you're abused, but give me my stuff back. I paid a price for that. Son, I know you're molested. Give me my stuff back. That pain, that anger, that rage, give me my stuff back. I know your husband walked out on you and had kids from another woman, but give me that pain back. I died for that. Give me my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. The Lord is telling me, Lonnie, give me my stuff back. Codependency, abandonment, unworthiness. Son, give me my stuff back. For where I'm taking you, that can't go with you, and I won't let it. I won't let it. Give me my stuff back. Luke 22, 31 to 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Now, you know you're having a great day if Satan's asking for you. No, no. You're having a great day. If Satan is asking for you, you're having a great day. That means you are somebody that can damage his kingdom. 
See, he don't care if you go to church on every Sunday, Bible study every Wednesday, you go feed the homeless. That's great stuff in the kingdom of God. He don't care though. But we know our identity and what you carry and who you are and what you represent on this earth. You leave from a heavenly place, you're taking back territory. That's what he doesn't want. That's what he's keeping us from our identities. Keep your worldly identity. Be a VP making $200,000 a year. Be this, be that. Be everything the world wants you to be, but don't be what God calls you to be. Because you're not taking my stuff. And we're called to take his stuff that he stole. It's just a possibility. He said, son, it's a possibility. Do you believe it? So it says, but I have prayed for you. He said, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, when they're sifting for wheat, what are they doing? Getting rid of the, because the chaff is bad. The wheat is good. Chaff bad, wheat good. But I pray for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. Okay. He didn't pray, Peter, I hope it doesn't hurt. Peter, I hope you don't cry. Peter, I just hope that he says, no, I pray your faith. I pray that your faith should not fail. If you come through this thing, go strengthen your brothers because now you got authority in this area of your life. As I let Satan in your life and put on that crap that should, sorry, put on that stuff that shouldn't be in your life. But it is. Then go back and strengthen your brothers because you have now got authority to help them through it. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Because guess what? God's not surprised by anything that happens in the earth. Nothing, nothing surprises him. Oh, God, Satan got me there. Oh, I didn't see that coming, Satan. No, he knows what Satan is doing. He nothing but a puppet on the string. Even in death, where are you going? You still win. If you have an eternity mindset. I met people that got healed from stage four, stage four cancer. I met people on their deathbeds that are so glorious, so they're ready to go, and they're good with it because they know their identity. Because they're going to be around 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, 3,000 years, 5,000 years for eternity. Doing work with the Father. It's a possibility. So some of you are being sifted right now. Some of us are being sifted right now. Some of us are being sifted. Guess what? It's a glorious thing to be sifted. Because you get rid of the chaff and what's left the beautiful wheat that he will use to pour out on earth. It's a possibility. Well, let's nice to start a Bible study. No, let's do kingdom. And talk about in the Bible study, let's talk about kingdom in the Bible study. Let's talk about the kingdom in our small groups. Let's talk about the kingdom in eternity wherever we go. Let's talk about God tearing things down in us. So you bring things we're supposed to have. 
This is what T.D. Jake says. If you are a blood-washed, born-again, spirit-filled Christian, the enemy can't curse you because you don't belong to him. He cannot curse another man's property. The only hope he has to stop you is to get you to make a decision that curses yourself. I'm not worthy. My parents were poor. I was molested as a child. I got laid off. My husband left me. Nobody ever want me again. What are we doing? I'm cur- we're cursing ourselves. He has no power over you. None. None. Jesus took care of that. And took care of the old man too. Romans 8.28. And this, listen, I've been in the scripture for three months, almost four months now, by God himself and by many of my brothers and sisters. Like, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> shut up. Just shut up with the scripture. Then when I was putting the slide together, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And we know that all things God, we know that in all things God works them for those who love him. For, sorry. And we know that all, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to your, yours, your, your purpose, his purpose. And if we're one with him, his purpose becomes our purpose, our purpose becomes his purpose. Where he goes, I am where I am, he's at. Possibly, it's his purpose he wants to work out. Not, Lord, I want a new car. Yeah, but that might not be my purpose for you right now. Lord, I lost my house. That might be my purpose for you right now. That might be. Lord, I lost my job. That might be my purpose for you right now. It might be. It could be a God storm, a self-inflicted storm. We don't ever talk about those. We don't talk about those in church no more. That's that religious spirit, brother. You don't talk about your own storms you create. And that's from the pit of hell. Because we do. We can sow some nasty seed and get a nasty harvest. Oh, Jesus forgive you. He's, God will always love you. He'll always be there for you. But you're going to get a check in the mail, a bill in the mail. And it's got, to be, it's got to be paid. But God is right there with you in every moment of it. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So that's the self-inflicted storm. And a lot of Christians in Christendom are doing self-inflicted storms. And then there's a God storm where he's trying to tear some things down that you've been holding on to because out of, out, of, out of habit. I met a young lady once, beautiful young lady, 21 years old. God gave me a season to mentor her. And uh, she, she, she was prophetic like you wouldn't believe off the charts prophetic all the charts, words of knowledge. Freaked me out. She knew my business, knew where I was going, knew things God told me, conversations I had with people. 21. But she grew up in, she grew up in, a, she grew up in a foster care with Christians who would rape her, put her on the clock in the closet, and were very religious. So she got to a place where she saw demons all the time. Demons, 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 demons. This big demon would have a, a thing over, one of those a hatchet or something over every night. I said, well, you know, if we pray, would you, that all go away. She says, I know, but 
but it's all I know. I said, but you can be free. I know, but I don't trust freedom. I, I, I know what to expect with these demons. I don't expect being free. She was more scared of being free than being trapped with demons. How many of us live like that? Honestly, how many live with stuff we've gone through in life and we won't let it go? And God said, let it go. I love you so much, I'm going to let Satan come and get rid of it. But I'll be right there with you. He's going to sift you. He said, he said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I re-. God said, I waited six years to get you in this mess. You ain't getting out. I, you know, I went through the plan this for you to get in this mess. So I can get rid of that and give you what you need to have a heavenly and a heavenly identity and mindset. And you're saying, I rebuke it? You can't rebuke God. Sorry. I'm in this for your best. Because it's my will for you. It's a possibility. We're getting there. I'll read this by Smith Wilkinsworth. He's one of my heroes in the faith. He says he's lived from 1859 to 1947. This man had an amazing, crazy walk with God. He definitely had been sifted and tried and walked in a different kind of a way from a heavenly mindset and identity. It says, there's a price you have to pay to move in the power of God. There's a price you have to pay to move in the power of God. And I'm just from experience. I was with my friend in the bathroom years ago at Kingdom Training. He's actually here tonight, but I don't want to say his name to embarrass him. You know, guys talking in the bathroom. It's like girls. We do. He says, Lonnie, you walk in such an amazing anointing and power. What did, what's it cost you? And he said, then he looked at me and says, everything, huh? I said, man, everything. And then it hit me. I know what everything is. I still don't know what everything is. But I know it's going to cost me a lot. You know what it's going to cost you? Your worldly, your worldly identity. God is trying to kill you. Do <laughs> you think I'm joking? God is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill the you you think you are. Satan's trying to kill you, but God's trying to kill the you you think you are. No, God has a contract on your false identity. He's trying to kill it. He already killed the old man. Now he's killing the lie you still believe in. He's killing mine right now. And it's painful. It hurts. It's terrible. My friend said, it's like drinking a cup of spit. It's painful to go through this process to get his identity. But when you do and come at it, you will know what your identity is and you will never walk away from it. Because you know the price you paid to get there. But it's the road less traveled. And most Christians won't go in it. Many are called, fewer chosen. They can't face their stuff that the devil put on them to get their true calling who they are. And I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. We've been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. We've been alive this whole time. And God's been trying to tell us for centuries, that's not who you are. Will you believe me? Anger, rage, resentment, unforgiveness, self-control. Look at the disciples. They were like us walking with Jesus for three years. What a great gift. Look what it became as apostles. Something shifted. Well, they were dying for the cause. They got their heavenly mindset and identity and died to their worldly identity. That's what we're invited to. And it's a painful, ugly, nasty experience. Guess what's happening? He's dealing with you. He's dealing with me and all the crap we've gone through in life. 
some we allowed and some we didn't. The church should be the most powerful people in the world, not the New Agers. It's a wake-up coming for those that will believe and say, is it possible to use me? Because these are the people that are going to see this big wave coming in right now of what God's doing. You're going to be on the front lines with God, seeing crazy stuff happening. Because you said, God, deal with me. And someone's going to run and play church. And that's okay. He still loves them. But I was created to make a difference. I was created to touch the world. And so were each one of you. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Look at this. Jesus in the temple. Only time you saw Jesus really mad was in the temple. And we talked to the religious leaders of the time. Because what were the religious leaders doing? Holding everybody down from their true identity. He was holding them down from their true identity. Y'all come to us. We enforce the rules on you. So he got mad at them. He got mad because they turned the holy place into a money changing place. A place of commerce. I have a question for you. Where is the temple of God? What's the Holy Spirit doing in there? Let me go finish this real quick. I get a little excited. There's a price you have to pay to move in the power of God. Before God could bring me to this place, he has broken me a thousand times. I have wept, I have groaned, I have travailed many a night until God broke me. It seems to me that until God has mowed you down, you never can have those long-suffering and love for others. You see, it ain't about you. All that breaking going on, it's not for you. It's for out there. See, we have an I mentality. I do. I mentality. God, I'm in this for me. He says, no, you're in this for, we're in this together for the world. He says, we can never have the gifts of healing and the working of miracles and operation only as we stand in the divine power that God gives us and we stand believing God. And having done all, we will stand believing. It is through the power of the Holy Ghost. You must not think of that these gifts will fall upon you like ripe cherries. There's a sense in which you have to pay the price for everything you get. We must be covetous for God's best gifts and say amen to any preparation the Lord takes us through. It's a preparation he's taking you through. It's a process he's taking us through. In order that we may be humble, use use able vessels through whom he himself can operate by means of the Spirit's power. You can disagree with that, and it's okay. I Believe it, because I know what Smith Wilkins walked in. He walked in stuff we don't see sometimes around the world today. So, let's go back to the temple. So, we're the temple. Could it be possible the Holy Spirit's in there tearing down some things and chasing it out? Could it be possible? Let's take a look. Is Jesus cleansing the temple right now of stuff we've been holding on to? False belief, unbelief, anger, rage. Could this be happening inside of you right now? You wonder what's going on. Because it's uncomfortable. It's unnatural feeling. It doesn't feel natural.
Take these things, hands. My father's house and house of merchandise. We're not a house of merchandise. We're a holy generation, the holy people. He's not anger at you. He's anger at the stuff that's trying to hold on and won't let go. He says, son, daughter, that's not, that's not you. It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm tearing it out. Um, you know what's funny about it? When it happens, you feel so uncomfortable and vulnerable. Guess what? Because you're not in control no more. Let's people try to run back to that comfortability of the brokenness. The shame, and because out here with God in freedom and your true identity, it, it don't. I can't control it. I don't know what it looks like. I I, I don't know how to. I, it doesn't feel. It doesn't, it doesn't fit right on me. It's too big. I, I, what's going to happen to me? I, I'm vulnerable. I've lived like this for 50 years. Trust without borders. Trust me anyway. Jesus talked about the kingdom, not Sunday school, not small group. I'm not knocking those tools at all. They're tools. He talked about the kingdom. And you're in this army here on earth visiting and bringing his kingdom here. It's time to stop being little kids and be the men and women of God we are, created to be for the lost and dying world out there. Have the nice house. He's okay with that. Have the nice car. He's okay with that. But bring the kingdom with you in it. Bring the kingdom with you. If you just get rid of the nice house, get rid of it. He has something better for you. It's a possibility. Almost done here. If you got to get your kids, it's 9 o'clock. We're about 10, 10, 10, 15 minutes and I'm done. The road less traveled. The road less traveled. Many are called, fear chosen. Trust without borders. Because he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That scripture looks, looks a lot different from heaven's perspective than from earth's perspective, doesn't it? John 3.16 looks a lot different from heaven's perspective. He told me, he says, Lonnie, John 3.16, that's the only scripture I, I re- kind of remember. I can't quote scriptures in in." in addresses. But Christ so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever loves him will have eternal life. Something like that. I still mess that up. He says, son, but it's John 3.16. I said, yeah. Son, it's John 3.16. I said, no. He says, son, it's John 3.16. You're John 3.16. When they meet you, they meet me. When they meet me, they meet you. You're a living epistle. The scriptures have become who you are. You have to become the scripture. People don't read the Bible in their homes if they don't go to church. Some people in church don't read the Bible. So guess what you get to be? The Bible alive and walking. You will get to be John 3.16. You'll be whatever scripture he wants to use you at. 
if we see for heavenly identity. But a world identity, oh, John 3, 16, yes, you know, football games. Yeah, 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 we know it. No, you're going to become it. You're going to become Jesus for people until they meet him themselves. Or you're not. It's a possibility. So this is what I want to do. You guys okay? Yeah. Am, I, am I like no. teaching doom and gloom? No. Am I getting hope? Yeah. Hope, hope I get out of here, huh? <laughs> Where'd he come from? Get him out of this place. Listen, this is what I want to do. I wasn't engaged in this. I'm going to play a song, and after the end of the song, I'm going to read something short. I'm going to play You're My, You're My Heart, Trust Our Borders, title. The song is Yield to My Heart. My heart is yours. It's a song that talks about this whole message by Kim Walker Smith. I want us to engage here up front, if we can. If you're comfortable, come up front, on the carpet, stand, whatever. Come and engage with this song with us, if you can. That means come forward. That means walk towards me. That means <laughs> come. Come. It's only an eight-minute song. You can, you can stand for eight minutes. I grew up in a Catholic church. We stood, sit down, kneeled, all that kind of stuff. Come and engage. Come close. And I want the Holy Spirit open yourself up. To, if nothing else, just let this song minister to you. Now, I threw a lot of stuff out there. I, in an hour time, you can't, it's a shotgun approach but I will come up with a course to teach and break the stuff down with scriptures and foundations and modules where you can go through people and will be taught little by little because a lot, but with God, he can do it faster than that because he's doing me on house right now. I'm having, I'm having sozos at home with God. Listen to this. I'm at, before I got laid off, I'm at work and that was a God thing. I got laid off. Thank you, Jesus. I got, I'm at work. I was at work minding my business, my computer. He takes me in a vision back to my childhood. Takes me in a vision. I'm in my childhood. Seeing the violence as a child. He says, son, that's where codependency came in. He says, son, the stuff you grew up in as a child was so violent, you vowed to keep peace in the house so it wouldn't happen, which didn't stop it. He says, son, you learned how to be a great lover and a great protector. And I saw it through my childhood. If, if I was in elementary school, high school, my 20s, if you attacked my friend or friends, you might possibly come close to death. I got violent. But it, I never had to fight in my life. Because the rage I would show you would scare you and scare seven, ten people at one time. But when they came at me by myself, just me, I run and hide like a baby. He said, son, you learn how to love well, you learn how to protect well, but you never learn how to love yourself or protect yourself your whole life. And I'll be 53 this year. And guess what he's teaching me? How to love myself and protect myself. How not, have a, how not to have an abandonment attitude and unworthiness anymore. He's doing it. So I want to give you a song and hear what I say to us. You want to sit, you can sit. If you want to stand, stand. Whatever's comfortable for you. It is about eight minutes.
For some of us, this is just a song. For some of us, it's a possibility. Give you a couple more minutes, I promise to let you out of here. Up through three months ago, I had a house in the hills, three foster daughters, a wife, and it's all gone. And Lord blesses Angela, because it's his daughter. Lord blesses me because I'm his son. Okay? Now I live in Stockton, California, in a room with no job, no kids, no wife, no nothing, but God. And God is in it. And the only reason I go to Stockton was to see my friend once in a while. All I knew about Stockton was Stockton. So I'm in Stockton walking the streets and says, son, do you see the beauty of Stockton? Do you see a beauty, beautiful, it's, just a, it's a beautiful city. Have y'all been there? It's a beautiful city. The Lord says, son, what good come out of Nazareth? As I'm doing my walk, he says, son, what good come out of Stockton? He says, watch and see, and watch the world see. What good can come out of you? What good can come out of you if you let the Lord in and watch and see what he shows the world through you? Read one last thing. It's very short. We're done. My friend, Pastor Khadijah out of Sacramento, she wrote this. We live in a world that is filled with disappointment, which eventually leads us into discouragement. With a simple choice, we can separate ourselves from the oppression and walk in victory free from any heavy burden. We either choose to walk in his power or my power. We either allow him to be in control or me in control. We either surrender to it all all to him or to me. I honestly believe no one can disappoint. Sorry. I honestly believe that no one can disappoint or discourage us but ourselves. Is all rooted in our expectations, anticipations, contemplations, and expectancy. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty six to 30, Come to me, all who are labor and heavy burden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And on the road let's travel, you're going to go through some stuff. A lot of stuff. Some God storms. But guess what? In life, you can go through storms anyway. Why not let it be a God storm? Not a personal storm or enemy storm. Thank you. Let me share. Bless you. Love you. Have a well, celebrate. Thank you. Brett's going to come up. Okay. First of all, you pray. I pray. I don't, I don't know how to pray, people. I've prayed for people before. So, Lord, <laughs> I'm joking, people. I prayed. Some died, too. Not because I prayed for them. Not because I prayed for them. So, Father God, thank you for this message of possibilities. Let it release in our spirits and heart right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are an amazing God with an amazing big giant plan. So, let us walk out of here and wrestle with you tonight and the days to come what part of this journey we're supposed to be on with you on the road less traveled and trust without borders. And let us get a kingdom mindset and a kingdom identity and process so we can be effective for your kingdom here on earth 
and make a difference in a lost and dying and hurting world and a lost and dirty and high in church. So Lord, we thank you that you are amazing. And Holy Spirit, teach us to be one with you. In Jesus' name. Okay, before you scatter, let me just say this. Um, times like this are really important. Meaning, you know, God is in the environment. We, we make decisions. God, have my life. I want to be one with you. Very important. But I want to tell you, this, this is not the only moment. This, if this was the only moment, and then you go back and you don't pay attention to the things he was telling you in this moment and work it through with him, then you're not going to get the fullness of what he intended. Is that making sense? In these moments, he will, he has shown you things. He has, he has pinpointed certain things in your life. Not, and we all want that instant whammo. God just took care of everything. And he says, no, I'm inviting you into relationship. Come to me and let's talk this over and give me permission to work this out of your life. And if you need help doing that, then you find people around you who can help pray or, you know, inner healing, various things like that. But bring this back to the Lord. Where has he touched your heart tonight? This is an invitation. This is a possibility. And, and as he said earlier, it's a process. It's a journey. It's never like this. Like we always want it to be. That's not the kingdom. So I bless you in the journey because the Holy Spirit is with you. You are never alone. You're never alone. So I think tonight, I just think because so much has happened, I, I think it would just be a good night to mingle. If you want to spend time with the Lord and sit, please do that. If you want to leave, I bless you. If you just want to you know, mingle and say hi to a few people, let's do that. And I bless you. I just bless you in the journey. In Jesus' name, amen.